the Lax Factor Podcast. What is up, college lacrosse fans? The NCAA Rules Committee, they'll be meeting again coming up here in a, in a week or so, or it, it's possibly this week, uh, to discuss rules rule changes for the 2020 season. And one of the things that they're going to be discussing will be face-offs. Face-offs have long been perceived as a problem because you end up taking a player like TD Erlen from Yale, and they can greatly shape the outcome of, of, of the game, even though they're only on the field at the beginning of each possession. So the idea being, how can they lessen the effect that this player that isn't partaking in in as much of the game as the other players, uh, how can they lessen the effect that player can have on the outcome of a game? I'm, I know that face-off guys probably feel like they're being attacked at this point. And uh, what I would say to that is only the good ones. Nobody cares about a face-off guy that sucks or that only wins face-offs at a 50, 55% clip even. It's the guys that are winning face-offs at 70, 75% clips that are going to cause problems. And I think that with the way training goes and with anything, uh, people excel at, at, at different things and at the things they decide to excel at. And you're going to end up finding, I think, these these diamonds in the rough, these gems like TD Erlen and and Trevor Baptiste and PD Lasalas of the world, you're going to I think see a lot more of these guys start propping up um, where they're going to change the face of the game. Now I think PD Lasala you'd almost look at as a different breed because he's you know he's going to put goals up and he did towards the end of the season he did through the playoffs and he did doesn't win them at a seventy percent clip, but uh, the the runs are what are key in in cases. Uh, like his, where Virginia doesn't win those games if P.D. LaSala doesn't murk Maryland uh, over that stretch in, in the second half of that game. I think it was actually mostly over the fourth quarter of that game. So that guy played a disproportionate role to the victory in that case. Or in the case of Yale, T.D. Erlen plays a dis- disproportionate role um, uh, in their in their success, and he's only on the field for you know 15-second spurts. Uh, over the course of maybe 10, 15, 20 times, depending on the game. The other thing that I think that's worth noting that you don't hear talked about a lot is faceoffs slow down the pace of play quite a bit. And I mean, it's not, I know, I understand with football, you're, you're stopping after every play and resetting and getting everything going again. But that's the other thing. If you have a, a, a 15, 14 game, there's 30 to 34 or 35 stoppages of, of play right there uh, over the course of that game. And that greatly slows the game down. A lacrosse game could be played in two hours and 15 minutes if uh, the number of faceoffs were minimized. So what is the rules committee going to discuss? They're certainly not going to discuss removing the faceoffs, or I should say if they do discuss it, it won't be anything that they're seriously considering doing. Um, the reasons to discuss removing the faceoff um, – it's already close to a 50-50 take, I think, when you average everything out. I think if you looked at this like Bill Belichick, he would say overall, even where guys win face-offs, somehow the way that games play out, I think in the end, like you would think that Yale would win the national championship three years in a row with TD Erlen with the way that he wins face-offs and dominates games, but that's not always the case. You see a game like the Georgetown game where Yale dominated Georgetown at the face-off X, but the score in Georgetown was able to battle back and stay close because they were just that efficient offensively. Sometimes the the crucible forms the offensive uh, output to a degree. Uh, so when you're not getting possession, sometimes just being overly aggressive will offset that because it's it'll work out for you. Um, so, so I think that one of the Bill Belichick arguments would be, Hey, it's already about 50% overall. Let's just get rid of it and go alternating possessions. We saw the PLL play with that idea over, 
uh, their all-star game where you score a goal, the goalie turns, rakes, and throws the ball back upfield, and we're right back off the other way. You'd still have a restart, but it would be the quick restart. As soon as the goalie's set with his feet, ball in his stick, boom, you restart it. Um, it, it People don't like to talk about it, and I'm not saying that I want that to be a thing. I'm a lacrosse purist. I love the, the old-school game. I, I've, I've been playing since the late 80s, early 90s, so... Um, I don't want to see the face-off murked, but they. I don't like seeing that scenario play out where you just know you're going to lose 75, 80% of the face-offs in this game and you have no shot um, from there unless you're you know, one of the upper echelon teams. Um, so losing the face-off, there's reason that, that that should be discussed, but I don't think it's going to happen, and I don't personally want that to happen. Uh, another thing that they'll discuss is maybe lessening the amount of face-offs they take. I don't think that will be seriously considered, but uh, I think that if you said, hey, let's face off at the beginning of each period. So you'd have four face-offs throughout a game and then uh, you know more in overtime as, as it would dictate. Uh, maybe you could even say you face off after every goal inside two minutes or inside five minutes, something like that. Similar to like where the clock stops in the NFL under two minutes uh, and, and that the clock stops in, let's, let's say like basketball, I think it's college basketball. The clock stops in under two minutes when the ball's out of bounds on the end line. I believe that's the case. Don't crucify me if it's not. So I think that you could argue that less than the amount of faceoffs that you take, it would still make those six, you know, four to six scenarios in which it would happen uh, very important and very key, but you then just go alternating possessions throughout. I don't think they're going to seriously consider that. What I've heard through an inside lacrosse article that I read today that they are going to seriously consider is they're going to take a look at, and, and I don't like either of these things. I think both of these ideas are worse than the others. So this is why I don't think they're going to make any changes this year. I think that the way it worked this year was good in terms of getting rid of the cheating, which was the initial goal. Now the goal is to try to you know lessen the impact that these players have. Uh, so one of the first things they're going to discuss is keeping the player, forcing all of the players that are on the field after a goal is scored to stay on the field. Meaning if you're the team that got scored on, your defensive midfielders are going to take that next face off and the off the, the other team's offensive midfielders are going to take the other face off. So that would actually I don't mind that because in the in the sense of giving the other team the advantage, ideally you'd think that the, the the defensive unit would have the advantage in picking that ground ball up and gaining possession or at least lessening the chance that the other team gets to possession because they'll have defensive midfielders, a long pole on the field, uh, whereas the other team would have three shorties on the field. So, But then again, it, it could do away with the impact of the faceoff guy. Now, what this would also lean teams into doing is getting their face-off guys to be D-mid. So you'll always have a face-off guy on the defensive end of the field in case you get scored on, boom, you've got your face-off guy there to try to get you the next possession. So it would, there would still be strategy involved. Um, TD Erlin would still play. He would just be playing defense as well. Uh, that would maybe get him some more offensive reps and transition and things like that. So that's the only interesting idea that I've heard that, that could even be remotely considered, but there's no, that even that is too extreme. The other alternative was no substitutions after you win the faceoff, forcing the faceoff guy to get an offensive possession, which I'm not a big fan of that. I feel like then teams are just going to play five on five ball if they don't want their, you know, Virginia might let LaSala get, get a couple of runs here and there. And so will some other teams that have offensive minded or offensive capable faceoff guys. All of these guys to a degree are offensive capable the problem becomes their their sticks their sticks are jacked so that's partly the reason until they get off the field and they're able to fix that stick 
uh, that's one of the reasons I think that you you won't see them seriously consider implementing a rule like that because the the faceoff guy will just be taken out of the offensive equation. Um, so so it's just a, a huge clusterfuck in the end, and it really is a tough thing to decide on. I think don't mess with it. I think that the rules as they have them right now in terms of curbing the cheating are the best that it's been in years, ten years. I mean, the, I think these were and it, and it it's easier for the official getting rid of the whole. The set part of the of the cadence, getting the guys down and then just blowing the whistle, that's far easier for an official, less things going on in your mind. And as you're saying set, that guy's waiting to cheat into it. You're having to think and say something out loud. That plays. If your only thing and the only cues you have to watch for is you say down, they're down. Now you just wait to blow the whistle. And all you're doing while you're waiting to blow the whistle is watching for them to cheat. That's far easier, far easier for an official to see. I I officiated um, two years post-coaching. And I officiated with these new face-off rules and at both, you know, all levels, well, all levels, uh, um, JV modified through varsity and definitely far easier with these new rules. And I think it's the best it's been. You, you still are going to see cheating. You're still going to see guys try to get in the groove and time it, but it's, it's a far easier for the official to catch, especially with two of them being there to watch. So I think they have it right. My vote is don't mess with it. Don't change the rules. Let's just rock it like it is and be done with it. And maybe, you know, I think that the only thing that you could consider is take less face-offs, lessen the impact of the face. I think that's the real only thing that you could consider. Otherwise, leave it as it is right now. If you're saying you want to make this more fair, then you get rid of the face-off except at the beginning of quarters. If you're saying you just want to curb the cheating, I think you've done that. So I, I, I understand why they're talking about it and everything like that, but I like that certain players excel at certain things, and those players sometimes decide to go to schools like Albany in Erland's case and then switch to Yale, or they go to Denver in Baptiste's case. And um, I, I like the fact that these guys excel. At, you know, we got Pat Spencer was a freak at Loyola. Ben Reeves was a freak at Yale, uh, and they just happen to play offense. And no one's saying, hey, let's stop having really good attackmen. So yes, the face-off mans do play a disproportionate role in the in the game, considering how much time they're on the field, but they are a player on that team, and they excel and worked at something. So I think that the way you have the rule set up now makes it so that they can't cheat, at least. Now they're just really, really good. One thing that is, is worth noting, as I ramble, is the PLL, in their attempts to mix it up and where, the, where they did kind of the hockey drop, uh, the puck drop, that didn't matter. The uh, Baptiste won those draws also. So this isn't just a matter of Baptiste and these face-off specialists being better at the clamp, which they typically are. Hand-eye coordination, quick, fast twitch muscles. They're working these muscles and the muscle memory so much that they are. They are better and superior at just winning the clamp and taking off with it. What they're also superior at, as evidenced by the PLL outcome, is just picking up ground balls and loose in in, in uh, broken situations. Just the the Baptiste still won that draw without the draw and still won those faceoffs without it because he is just that good at that thing, at that area of the field specifically. So my vote, keep it as it is for now. If you're going to really consider changing it up, I think that then you're talking about doing away with it to a degree because I think everything else is kind of silly outside of 
my only the only thing I think that they have that they could go on is keep the 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 six guys on the field. The six guys on the field after a goal must take the face off. That would speed things up too because those guys are already on the field. So that one I guess is worth considering as well. Uh, but I think that you know the option being keep it as it is is the best and my favorite option. Uh, right about now. So I'm interested to hear what you guys all think, though. And, and does anyone else have better ideas? If, if you do, pop them in the comments uh, and we can discuss it there. As always, be sure to like and subscribe. Let's see if we can get this video up over 100 likes again, even though you probably aren't going to see this uh, before I get into it. So be sure to like and subscribe. And then if you wanted to get some swag, go to laxfactor.com. We have swag, we have shorts that you can buy online and we will ship them to you. And then if you need some custom gear for your team, we do custom team apparel as well. Laxfactor.com. And that is it. I'm out.